health, how can we address the nursing shortage by assisting internationally trained nurses to come to the United States and contribute to our overburdened healthcare system? Let's talk all about it right here on episode 298 of the Nurse Keith Show. Hello, everyone. This is Nurse Keith. And in these days of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're still disseminating as much high-quality evidence-based information and opinion as we can in our now monthly COVID-19 update episodes. Meanwhile, we want to support you in your personal and professional development by discussing salient issues of the day. I love having you along for the ride, whether you're new to the show or you've been listening to me for months or even years. Thanks for being part of the Growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you, your nursing and healthcare career, and healthcare writ large. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews like today's with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. This episode is brought to you by EHR Go. Go is a simulated electronic health record with a catalog of realistic and diverse patient care scenarios included. Go helps educators teach a human-centered approach to technology in healthcare. Find out more at healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash go Keith. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash go Keith. I thank EHR Go for their generous support of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember that Nurse Keith Coaching is your one-stop shop for all things related to your nursing and healthcare career. Email me at keith at nursekeith.com. Mention the show and you can also get 10% off your first coaching package. The show notes, which you're going to want to check out, will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 298. And today we're joined by friend of the pod, Tanya Friedman. And Tanya, we're going to get to your stellar bio in due course and talk all about your life and career. But I want to dive right into the deep end and ask you, what is going on right now in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic in American healthcare in terms of international nurses being able to help us out in our time of need? Well, let me start off, Keith, by just saying thank you for the opportunity to speak on your podcast. I've been following you for a long time, and I think that the value that you offer to nurses, let's say at the best of times, before the, the, the pandemic was invaluable. Thank you. And I think now at this time when there are so many challenges that healthcare leaders and and um, anyone in the nursing profession is experiencing, I think, you know, just so important to disseminate information and to discuss some of the issues that so many um, healthcare professionals are experiencing right now. I think in terms of international nurses, um, this is really a hot topic in the industry at the moment. Um, There has been a nursing shortage for many, many years, and there are all kinds of statistics that we can rattle off and speak about. Um, But the pandemic has definitely exacerbated the situation and um, has uh, shone a, a spotlight on the nursing shortage and the implications for nurses here in America and um, you know how global nurses can help with that I think is a really important topic to be discussing now. Well, I'm glad you're here because here we are, we're recording October 14th, 2020. The pandemic kind of came into our consciousness in March of 2020, more or less. So we're about seven months in, almost eight months. And 
we had a nursing shortage prior to the pandemic. So before 2020, where were we around how many nurses we were projecting to be needing at the time? Do you have a number you could throw out for us? Yes, I have a few numbers. Go for it. In fact, it's it's actually interesting, Keith, because I actually hosted a roundtable for CNOs on the 28th of February uh, here in San Diego. There were CNOs from all over the country, and uh, we discussed the nursing shortage. And, of course, at that stage, nobody knew what was coming um, in terms of the pandemic. But uh, the the numbers at that time were even staggering it in itself. And, and I'm just recalling as I'm speaking, one of the CNOs came to speak to me after the, uh, the, the, the round table that I hosted. And she said, you know, we, we know there's a nursing shortage and we hear about it. We heard about it for decades. Um, but when you actually look at the numbers and it, in, in one place, it's, it's, it's really quite staggering. And, and just bear in mind, this was before the pandemic. So, you know, if you think about the numbers that we were experiencing um, prior to COVID-19, the American Nurse Association predicted that there'll be 1.1 million new nurses needed by 2022, which, you know, we're already at the end of 2020. We almost. certainly are. <laughs> so it's really just around the corner. Um, and this is something from our side, we've been doing international nurse recruitment for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And, I was saying to you prior to the podcast, we have n never, ever in all the years that we've been doing this seen such a huge demand uh, coming from healthcare organizations all over the U.S. Um, if you consider that 50, I think it's 50.9% of the RN workforce is age 50 or older. So a lot of nurses close to retirement or at retirement age, um, I, we have one hospital in upstate New York who was um, telling us uh, recently that they have, I think it's 900 nurses and around 45% of them are at retirement or close to retirement age. 45% of 900 nurses at yeah. one healthcare system? Yes, in upstate That's New York. That is staggering. Now, that is staggering. You, you, once, you sent me a statistic saying that close to 690,000 nurses are going to retire by 2024. That's four yeah. years from now. Well, yeah. less than four years from now. And that yeah. was from the ANA as well. Correct. And that is where, you know, we haven't put the layer of the pandemic on top of that because there are many nurses who were close to retirement who maybe have pre-existing conditions, who um, are just burned out, exhausted mentally and physically with what's happened in the last few months. Mm -hmm. um, so that number, I don't think there's any statistics right now to tell us exactly what that number is going to be um, or what that estimate is going to be, but the expectation is that might even be much higher. Oh my gosh, that is absolutely staggering. And yeah. some other statistics you and I threw around once upon a time was that schools turned away 79,600 nursing applicants in 2018. And we can talk about the, the lack of nursing professors and clinical instructors because people can make more money in, in clinical practice than they can teaching, which is a thing. And then you said that 17% of new grads leave within the first year, 33.5% leave the profession within two years. So Correct. 
if we put all this together and there's plenty of different aspects of why these statistics are what they are, this leads us back to the fact that what you do at Kinetics USA is that you specifically help hospitals and healthcare systems bring international nurses into the United States to help out in times of shortage, which is basically all the time right now. Right? Correct. Yeah. Because just to remind everyone, those stats were prior to COVID-19. In, in addition to those stats that you've, you've just um, read out, Keith, there is another factor that needs to be highlighted, and that is the experience complexity gap. So the shortage is not just headcount. It's not like you can say, okay, well, we've got one nurse retiring and a new grad coming in. There's a new kind of shortage that a lot of healthcare organizations are experiencing in, in the nursing workforce. And that is that the workforce is becoming increasingly novice as the experienced nurses retire. At the same time, the care complexity is rising which shows no signs of abating, uh, abating because we are the baby boomers. Okay, I'm one of them. Are getting older and getting sicker, um, and these two countervailing forces create a gap between the experience of the workforce and the complexity of care. So there really isn't even enough experienced nurses to help the new grads get up to speed. So that's another layer of complexity that needs to be discussed and explored because it's not just that they're not enough new grads and that experienced nurses are, are close to retiring or retiring, but the new grads are leaving. Um, you know, they don't often have, and this is more anecdotal, but they, you know, they don't often have the, the same um, vocation, the same, the same conviction and commitment as many of the more experienced nurses. I mean, some wonderful new grads. So, just to be clear on that, there, there's some incredibly dedicated and committed new grads. But if you look at the statistics, 17% leave within the first year and 33.5% leave in the second year. That is, you know, another issue. Um, yes. And that experience complexity gap is really, really a worry because it's not just getting the new grads in and getting enough new grads in, but having enough experienced nurses to help them through that transition of getting up to speed and dealing with increasingly complex cases. Right. So the experience complexity gap. So that's, that's a great concept for us just to keep in our back pocket here, because that's what we're talking about. It's, and like you said, it's not just that one nurse retires and a new nurse comes in and takes his or her place, because that's years of experience that we're looking at. So it's not, it's not a one for one calculus. And so really quickly, I just want to mention you know, if new nurses are leaving the profession in such profound numbers, we need to look at, and you and I aren't going to solve this problem right here, of course, but we need to look at why that's happening. So if we talk to my friend, Dr. Renee Thompson at the Healthy Workforce Institute, she can see that it's bullying, incivility, and a pandemic of aberrant behavior in healthcare that often drives new nurses from the profession because it's sort of this, this, this culture of hazing and, and um, well, I, I was hazed when I came into the nursing profession, so I can give this new grad a hard time too, because it's her mm -hmm. turn or his mm -hmm. turn. So that's part of the culture that's many people out there like Dr. Thompson is trying to change. But this, that's a long-term issue that we're trying to unpack and unravel within healthcare. In terms of 
new nurses coming into the profession. And we're, again, we're not going to solve this problem here during this hour interview, which I wish you and I could, Tanya, I really do. But I believe that every new nurse coming out of school should go directly into a residency Mm -hmm. that is maybe perhaps partially government funded that helps them get up to speed because so many new nurses are thrown into situations where they don't have the precepting and training and internship and residency to help them to succeed because when they come out of school, they're admittedly novices and Mm -hmm. some are lucky to get into residencies, but residencies are few and far between and they're so competitive that so many people get locked out. So that's another issue again that we can't really figure out right here, but it is something that needs to be addressed when we pull the camera back and look at the macro picture. Now, if we if we focus in on what you do, because I want to mm-hmm. talk about what you do at Kinetics USA. Mm-hmm. So international nurses, many of whom have training as equal to or beyond what we receive here in the United States, mm-hmm. are able to through certain channels that you obviously are an expert in understanding and navigating, can come to the United States to help us out. So can you paint first kind of like the broad swath of how that system works and why Kinetics USA does what it does? Okay, yes. So I think it's important at the get-go to see global nurses as as another piece of the puzzle at no time. I mean, we've been, we've been doing international recruitment for many, many years. So we really know this business, but we at never at no time ever will say that uh, this is the solution. The way that we see global nurses is that this is one more tool in the toolbox. This is another piece of the puzzle that healthcare leaders need to consider when they're looking at meeting the challenges of retention, patient care, cost saving, and, um, and, uh, and helping their new grads get up to speed. So right. it's, it's just, it's one solution. So I think that's important is just to kind of see it in, in a perspective. Um, international recruitment um, is something that um, a lot of people have heard about. Um, some have had good experiences, some haven't had good experiences for various reasons, but it really can be a phenomenal solution to help the organization to get um, enough nurses, experienced nurses. So 80% of international nurses have their bachelor's. Um, and you know, they would, they would be obviously recruiting, um, experienced nurses, um, but getting experienced nurses to supplement their current recruitment of recruitment of American nurses. So it's never, um, you know, the issue with the nursing shortage, I think it's always important just to bear in mind, this is not a recruitment problem. This is not you know, they're, they're different hospitals that have different strategies. Well, they're going to have sign-on bonuses and they're going to have um, additional training bonuses and career paths and, and all these wonderful things, which is really important. But the, the, the nursing shortage is more than that. It's a supply and demand issue. So if one sees the global nurses as part of that solution, one solution where you can create a pipeline of global nurses that are going to supplement and augment your current recruitment of American nurses. That's kind of the lens that I would encourage any organization to see this process through. 
In, in terms of the, the process, it's not a magic wand. So I will definitely say that from the get-go for anyone who has not had experience with international nurses. But it is a strategy that can be extremely successful. We have one of our clients in the South, uh, one of the Southern states, and they recruited over 400 nurses, international nurses. They have a 93% retention rate on their international nurses after three years. So it can be a very, very great retention tool. Um, we have another organization, a large organization that have recruited hundreds of nurses with us in the Midwest. And they have, I think it was in their first year, they saved, I think it was 2.1 million on traveler costs. And that was in their first year. We have a small rural hospital in upstate New York, a very rural area, uh, where they started off recruiting five nurses and landed up now we're at 115 international nurses and that they have recruited and they have a 92% retention rate. So, you know, it, it's not an easy process and that's where it's important to have a company that can help you to navigate that process. But also it can, there's a lot of success that one can accomplish with international nurses. Wow. Okay. Thank you for breaking that down. That's really, really helpful macro view, which is exactly what I asked you for. So that's wonderful. And you're, you are the expert. So I want to play devil's advocate here for a second. And this is not my opinion or judgments. I'm just kind of thinking what a listener might be thinking. So let's say there's a nurse out there who's a traveler and does really well at that and travels around the country for 13 weeks at a time helping out at different facilities. And she is thinking, well, if, if hospitals recruit more and more international nurses to save money on hiring travelers because it's actually in their interest to do so financially, what is that going to do to me? And does that mean international nurses are displacing me from my work. What would you say to a person who asks a question along those particular lines? I think that's a really interesting question and I'm glad that you've raised it because everyone's going to see international nurses from their own perspective, whether you're a CEO, a CNO, a staff nurse, a travel nurse. Um, so that's a really interesting question. I think at the end of the day, it goes, it, it kind of comes down to the impact of uh, nurse staffing on patient care. Mm -hmm. because the effects of the nurse staffing shortage is you're going to have increased readmission rates, increased patient mortality, decreased nurse-patient interaction, and higher nurse staffing levels will mean fewer deaths, lower infection, shorter hospital stays, increased patient satisfaction, and, uh, and, and decrease in nurse burnout. So I right. think that a travel nurse, and I'm sure you know, I would hope, but I'm sure that they would be seeing it from that perspective is that it, this is about, this is not a recruitment issue. This is a supply and demand issue. So those global nurses really should be seen as just reinforcements to help uh, that travel nurse to do their job better. I see. So the travel nurse, if she looks at it through this particular lens that you're suggesting, it's not that she's being displaced or no. isn't valued or isn't needed. It's that there might not actually be enough travelers or enough 
people out there to recruit for a particular position at a particular facility in order for that hospital to provide the care that they want to provide. Is that correct? A hundred percent. Most nurses come into nursing from a place of incredible care for others and, and have a kindness and a love for their patients that, you know, are qualities that not all people have. Um, And I think that um, for a nurse in today's times, if you look at the statistics before COVID, nurses had 33%, there was a 33% burnout rate right. for all nurses. I mean, that's not just travel nurses, that's you know all nurses that are working in the field mm. in bedside nursing. And right now with COVID and the challenges that nurses are experiencing, um, I, I just, I know, I, I, you know, I, I think that some people might have some fear or concern because they just don't know. But I think at the end of the day, I think nurses who are working in the bedside know whether they're a traveler or whether they, you know, a direct hire for a specific organization. They know that higher nurse staffing levels mean fewer deaths, means less burnout for the nurses, and means, you know, low infection rates, shorter hospital stays, you know, all of those things that as a healthcare professional that you're looking to achieve. And because it's a supply and demand issue, it's a matter of having reinforcements. That's what it simply boils down to. It's having enough experienced nurses who can help those travelers or those staff nurses at the hospital to manage the load that is just getting more and more difficult to, to, um, to handle right now. Yes, well, well said. So thank you for, for further elucidating that. I think these are important conversations to have. And if facilities are indeed hiring more nurses from abroad, which your, your company, Kinetics USA, is obviously helping them do that. And we might have CNOs or CFOs listening right now who are thinking, hmm, maybe we need to give Kinetics USA a call. Um, we want to make sure that they can... Um, how would we say it, articulate to their staff why they're hiring these international nurses, what the purpose is of that, that they're still valued and aren't being replaced, and that this is to augment our healthcare system at a difficult time. And before we take a break, I want to dive a little bit into your career. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about some more... uh, we're going to dive a little deeper into what Kinetics USA does in this whole process and the visas and all that sort of stuff. So, but before we take the break, you've, you have over 25 years of what you call full cycle recruitment experience, and you've placed thousands of RNs at acute care centers, surgical centers, um, hospitals all around the U.S. And I know you call yourself a career matchmaker and you were an immigrant yourself. So, can you tell us a little bit about your experience of being an immigrant to the United States? Because I think this is an interesting context through which to see what you do. Absolutely. And thank yeah. you for that question, because of course. I think that that does kind of color how we work at Kinetics USA, mm-hmm. um, because I came to this country 20 years ago. Um, I, I'm originally from South Africa. Um, I was... Um, in South Africa, I lived with my husband and my kids were two small kids at that time. And the reason why we came to to America 20 years ago is that my husband was carjacked um, outside our house. He had a gun to his head. 
Um, there was a, a huge increase in crime. South Africa is the most wonderful, beautiful country. I always have an incredibly special place in my heart. Uh, but I had two small children and I really didn't want them to grow up in um, a country that, that really wasn't safe. Um, so we came to America and that first year was really one of the most exciting chapters of my life, but also one of the most challenging. And I think how that, in retrospect, how that kind of helps us at Kinetics USA um, is that I've lived it, <laughs> making that mm. transition. I've experienced culture shock in coming to the US. I've experienced a husband who um, uh, every second day was taking out the suitcases and putting them on the bed and packing up and saying, I'm going back to South Africa and I don't like it here and I'm missing my family and my friends. And, and today, 20 years later, is the proudest American you'll ever see. Mm. <laughs> so um, I, I've lived that journey. Yes. And I think how that helps is that from our side uh, at Kinetics, um, everything that we do has a very high-touch, high heart-centered approach to it. Mm. Because we know that from the nurse's side, they really want to come here to make a better life for their fat, for themselves and for their families. America is the, the American dream is still very much, uh, you know, is, is, is very much still alive and well. And many nurses really want that um, opportunity for themselves and for their, their families and to be able to contribute to the, to society in, in the U S and, and from, but from a hospital's perspective, they often, you know, if they have a need for an ICU nurse, they want that nurse to get up to speed as quickly as possible. And the nurses, when they come into the US, they want that too, but there's a lot of challenges that are thrown at them where they arrive here, they don't have a bank account, they don't have credit history, they don't have a social security, they've got mm. to get their driver's license, they've mm -hmm. got to get their kids in school, spouse has got to find a job. There's a lot of things that nurses have to go through when they um, when they land in the US. So I think my experience has helped us to uh, have to put in place over the years through a lot of trial and error, I might say, I always say I've earned every gray hair and wrinkle, but through mm -hmm. a lot of trial and error is to develop tools and methodologies to help set the nurses up for success when they get here. So we have a lot of things that we've developed over the years to help the nurses when they get here so that from a hospital's perspective, they can get up to speed as quickly as possible in that ICU or in that med surge unit or labor and delivery mm -hmm. or wherever they're going to be working. That's great. That's perfect. And contextualizing it through the experience of you, yourself, your husband, and your children, I think is very important. And also that you bring to the table a bachelor's and master's in psychology from, I believe I can pronounce it correctly, uh, University of Witwatersrand in South you, Africa, correct? You got it, Keith. Yeah. That was good. Well, I have Dutch <laughs> friends and I've, I've heard a lot of Dutch over the years, so it helps me a little bit with Afrikaans once in a blue moon. Um, wow. So, and I want to talk about some specific aspects of Kinetics USA, your certification by CGFS MFNS, and we'll talk about what that is, and we'll talk about um, your ethical recruitment practices and your partnership with the National Rural Hospital Association here in the United States. So when we come back from a quick break, we're going to continue with the wonderful Tanya Friedman of Kinetics USA. So we'll be right back. 
So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment to thank our generous sponsor, EHR Go. Listeners, does technology and healthcare education sometimes feel like the tail wagging the dog? You should check out EHR Go. Go uses case-based learning to teach a human-centered approach to technology and healthcare education. With over 300 multifaceted patient cases presented in a realistic, simulated electronic health record, Go helps students build clinical judgment skills while also learning to effectively document within an EHR. When working in Go, students must evaluate and organize competing healthcare needs into levels of urgency while making simple to complex clinical judgments about their patient care, just like in real life. Used in all educational healthcare disciplines, Go can be used within or between programs and is the ideal platform for interprofessional education. Web-based with no software to download or maintain, Go can be used on any computer or browser for in-person learning or for remote or hybrid lessons. Go is the only educational platform that puts human care at the heart of technology. Learn more about Go by visiting healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash GoKeith. That's healthpodcastnetwork.com forward slash GoKeith. And I thank EHR Go for their generous support. Speaking of support, please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much, they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. And when you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from me. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my monthly newsletter at nursekeith.com. I promise it's a quick read with just enough information to give you something to think about and some relevant content to explore as you wish. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me and there's no expiration date, so you can use that credit anytime you like. And you can refer as many people as possible and continue to earn coaching credits. I think that's an amazing deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. So welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember, the show notes will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 298. We're here with good friend of the pod, Tanya Friedman of Kinetics USA. And Tanya, prior to the break, we were talking about, gosh, so many aspects of this this concept of, well, not concept, practice of bringing international nurses to the U.S. to help us out here, to support us and to support our very overburdened healthcare system. Because we know that in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're really near the top in terms of the burden of COVID-19 infection. So we're 4% of the world's population and 20% of the infections. So something's going on and those international nurses can come help us. So going back to this idea of a, say, a CNO and a COO and a CEO of a healthcare organization explaining to their nurses why they're bringing international workers in. What, how can they most aptly contextualize it so their nurses will be like, oh, oh, I see why we're doing this. How can we do that? So that's a great question, Keith, because I think that's a worry that so many healthcare 
leaders are just so overwhelmed right mm -hmm. now. I mean, they were overwhelmed before the pandemic and now just so many more challenges that they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And obviously, when you are making a strategic long-term plan, it's important to get the buy-in of the organization. Yes. So I think it's a really important question that you're raising right now. I think from a CNO's perspective, I think that the answer to that question is really um, the international nurses are being brought up not to displace anyone, but to help. Mm. So it's kind of like when you are in a, in a war, which I mean, pretty much what we are right now. That's very you're in true. In a war with a, it's, it's an invisible enemy, but we're in a war right now mm -hmm. is that the troops get tired. So those frontline heroes are, are exhausted both emotionally and physically. There was 33% burnout before the pandemic. And mm -hmm. um, that's the statistics. And now that statistic we know is much worse. So it's really about bringing in reinforcements and it's not that it's something, um, that is going to displace anyone, but in, in fact, the complete opposite. The goal is to have an integrated, motivated, experienced workforce that can cope with, with the load and, and fight the good fight together. Well so said. Fight I, the I good think, fight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fight the good fight. And, and I think that's um, from a CNO's perspective. Um, and I think that um, you know, if, if, if a CNO, and, and this is a conversation that we have with CNOs every single day, uh, especially in the last few months, is if, you know, for, for a CNO to imagine that like in two, three years, they're going to have this core of experienced midterm nurses who they've retained that, you know, they're not going to have that attrition because you do have a high retention rate if you do it right with international yes. nurses. And you've got that core of nurses that you know are retained, experienced, helping the new grads come in and, um, and, and that you can rely on. It gives a CNO enormous peace of mind to have that strategy as part of the overall strategy because the nursing shortage, as you said, is a complex issue. Yes. From a CEO's perspective, I think the other enormous challenge is that so many hospitals have seen so many financial difficulties coming up due to the uh, pandemic. I mean, mm -hmm. in the beginning of the pandemic, there were, you know, um, no elective surgeries, staffing furloughed, um, that had serious imp implications. So I think from an overall hospital perspective, from a CEO, a CFO's perspective, the huge advantage of international nurses is the, the cost um, savings with global nurses. Yes. We have salary calculators that CEOs and CFOs are working with right now. I mean, we, we deal with this every day where you can actually put in the amount of money that you can save over the long term by hiring international nurses. Great. So, and, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just to, um, to clarify as well, the model that um, that we at Kinetics propose is the direct hire model as opposed to a staffing model for direct hire. I don't know if people listening to your podcast know the difference between the two, but that might be something that we need to just ex you know, explain the difference. Well, very quickly, we have about 15 minutes and there's a bunch of things I want to get to. What is okay. that direct staffing model? What does that mean? 
So real quick, the difference is that the model that we propose and that we follow is direct hire, which is where the hospital will sponsor the nurses for the green card or the TN nurses. And the, um, and the nurses will work directly for that employer, where it's a hospital, nursing home, surgery center, etc. And the benefit of that is that the nurses um, you have a very high retention rate. There's enormous cost savings with direct hire. Um, and the nurses really like that model because they are going to be hired directly by the employer. So they know where they're going to, um, you know, which state, which city, what, you know, what, um, uh, they, they're going to. They also will get paid the same as an American nurse with the equivalent years of experience and education. So that is a really good factor with retention. And the other benefit is that from a hospital's perspective, you have one cohesive team. It's not like there's your staff and the international nurses. You've got one cohesive team that can work together and can um, you know, make sure that we maximize all the, the benefits of having high staffing levels, fewer Great. deaths lower burnout, et cetera. Right. The staffing model is where the um, a staffing company will sponsor the nurses and then outsource them to the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's a different model. Um, there are many reputable staffing companies. So, you know, it's, it's just a different way of doing it. The advantage from the hospital's perspective is that um, sometimes you can get the nurses a little quicker because international recruitment does take some time. And we'll, mm-hmm. I know we, we'll talk about the timing. And I, I know you, you've got that question coming up for me in terms of the timing. Um, and um, so that is the benefit on the, the staffing side. Um, but um, on the direct hire side, you know, as I've illuminated, there are a number of very significant benefits. Thank you. That's really helpful. And I think for a CNO listening right now or hiring manager, that gives them a little idea about that direct staffing versus versus like the outsourcing, which like a travel nursing agency would be kind of a way of outsourcing that to a, a third party. Yeah. So, and, sorry. And, and in fact, we actually, uh, we don't see ourselves as a recruitment company. We actually position ourselves as a partner Mm-hmm. that it's offering a full-scale life cycle um, um, assistance to the healthcare organization with their direct hire of global nurses. So we don't really see ourselves or position ourselves as a recruitment company at all. We see ourselves more as like a consultant, like a partner who will help the healthcare organization through the selection, the hiring, the immigration, the licensing, the credentialing, the onboarding process. I see. Now, in terms of, let's talk about the the real mechanics of bringing a nurse over, because if I'm a CNO listening right now, I want to know, like, how does this work? What do I do? Is it an H1? Is it a TN? What do I have to do? So in previous conversations, you had told me that Canadian and Mexican nurses here in North America can come to the U.S. on a trade NAFTA visa, which is called a TN visa. And they still have to be certified by this certifying agency for international nurses, which is called the CGFNS. So is that TN visa still valid? And is that program still in existence for Canadian and Mexican nurses? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So nurses, that is the one way that registered nurses can come into the country. Um, 
only registered nurses would qualify mm-hmm. um, because there is a list of occupations specified that would only qualify for the TN. I see. Over the years that we've been doing this, I would say 90 to 95% of the nurses that come through on the TN are from Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, we, do, we have had some nurses from Mexico. I think the biggest um, obstacle from Mexico is that a lot of the nurses uh, have a challenge in terms of meeting the requirement on the English side. And that's why we typically will see it more from Canada. I see. And now let's break down what the CGFNS is, because it sounds like all nurses who come to the United States from abroad have to be certified through CGFNS. So what is that organization, that certifying body? So, This is really important for people to bear in mind because one of the biggest questions that we get from healthcare leaders is how will I know that the nurses have the equivalent experience of an American nurse? Um, And how will I know that they will have the language skills in order to communicate in the U.S.? Now, CGFNS is a uh, nonprofit government organization that they're based in Philadelphia um, they um, basically what they do is they, they evaluate the transcripts of every international nurse to make sure that they have the education to uh, qualify to work in the US and mm-hmm. um, all international nurses have to get from the CGFNS what's called a visa screen certificate and the visa screen certificate is only issued once the transcripts have been evaluated number one and number two if the nurse was not trained in English, the nurses have to pass an English exam. Most English, uh, most nurses will pass, uh, will take the IELTS exam. That's the, the name of the, the exam that most of them will take. You can take the TOEFL, but most nurses will take the IELTS exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a requirement in order to get the visa screen certificate. So if a healthcare leader in the US is looking at international nurses and, and asking do I have peace of mind that this nurse has the equivalent education? If they have a visa screen certificate from the CGFNS, the answer is yes. And in order to get the TN visa, as well as a green card, which I'm, I'm sure we're going to speak about next, uh, you need to have a visa screen certificate. All international nurses have to have a visa screen certificate. Um, just one point to mention, if the nurse was trained in an English-speaking country, so say, for instance, they were trained in Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, something like that, then obviously they don't need to pass the English exam. But if a nurse was trained like in Philippines, India, uh, Nepal, uh, not an English-speaking country, they all have to pass the English exam in order to qualify for the visa screen. Great. Thanks for uh, elucidating that. And I also remember from, I have written down here from notes from when we first met and first talked, that nurses who come from countries that don't use the NCLEX have to take the exam and pass it because we need to make sure that their training is in accordance with what we required nurses to know and, and be able to demonstrate through passing the NCLEX. Is that still true? A hundred percent true. So, okay. so from our side at Kinetics USA, and, and some com- companies do this differently, but we don't ever even have a nurse interview with a client until they've passed the NCLEX exam. When I started doing this many years ago, you couldn't take the NCLEX 
in any country other than in the US. Right now, there are a number of test centers that have opened all over the world. So the nurses will take the NCLEX um, at, in one of the test centers, you know, wherever they, they're in the Philippines or um, UK or, or Canada or wherever they're based. Hmm. Um, they can do that now these days. Um, and from our perspective, we don't, as I said, we don't even uh, send the nurse to the uh, healthcare organization that is interviewing until they've already passed the NCLEX exam. We have a, an entire licensing team that help the nurses through that, that process because there are only certain states where nurses can actually take the, there are only certain uh, nursing boards, should I say, that nurses can take the NCLEX through. Um, so we, we know how to navigate that process. That must be very reassuring for the the healthcare organizations you work with. Now, in terms of visas, we talked about the TN visa, the trade NAFTA visa for those nurses coming from Canada and Mexico here here in North America. So, you know, we often hear about H-1 visas. That's what people need often to come work in the United States. However, you and I spoke about the fact that for nurses and I believe physical therapists don't need an H-1 visa, they go straight to a green card. Now, is that, that's after the CGFNS and all these other things have taken place and then they can, they can go through that process. And as, as an employer, say I'm that CNO or hiring manager, am I taking that on or is Kinetics USA assisting me with making sure they got, get on that green card, um, that conveyor belt to the green card? So this is a question that can be confusing for okay. a lot of people because they and, and there can be a lot of fear and uncertainty about it because mm-hmm. you're dealing with immigration and licensing questions and it can feel very overwhelming. In fact, I had one CNO who said to me yesterday, it feels like I have to learn a different language in order to recruit international nurses. And that's where a company like Kinetics USA can help. Um, so in terms of the immigration there are two ways that the nurses can come through to the U.S. The one, as we spoke about, was the TN visa. That is only for Canadian citizens and for Mexican citizens. The other way is through the EB3 green card, employment-based green card process. And the reason why nurses, staff nurses, don't need to go through the H1 process is because they are Schedule A, which means they are occupations of short supply. Essentially, what that means is that when somebody comes to the US and they are a registered nurse, they go straight to the green card process. So uh, from a um, logistics and helping you navigate that process, um, a company like Kinetics USA are very well equipped to help the organizations to facilitate the nurses going through that uh, immigration process. Um, In terms of your question with the with the nursing boards and the visa screen coming from the CGFNS, I would encourage people to think of it like two buckets. You've got the licensing bucket and you've got the immigration bucket. So under the licensing bucket, you've got things like the NCLEX, you've got the IELTS, which is the English exam. You've got the visa screen certificate, which is issued from the CGFNS. And then under the immigration bucket, you've got the visas, which is either the TN visa, Canadian or Mexican citizens, or you've got the green card process. Great. Thank you. Thank you. That's that's going to be really helpful for people who need to understand that a little bit more closely. Yes. Now, a couple more pieces, and then we're going to wind 
down talking about Kinetics USA specifically and how I, as a hiring manager, for instance, can get in touch and learn more about what you do. So the first thing is that Kinetics USA is certified by the CGFNS Alliance for Ethical Recruitment Practices, and you're a partner of the National Rural Hospital Association, the NRHA. So first, let's talk about this Alliance for Ethical Recruitment Practices. What does that mean? What does that mean? So this is a very important certification Mm -hmm. that any organization that are experts and specialists in global nurse recruitment need Mm -hmm. to be registered with. The CGFNS has an alliance where um, they go through all our processes. So they will go through the contracts that we work with um, everything. It's fully vetted process um, in order to get that certification. So it's a full evaluation to make sure that the way that we operate is ethical, professional, and, and uh, above board because, and this is a really important part of international recruitment because I think the last thing that anyone wants to engage in is something that is, you know, is questionable. Um, so from Kinetics USA's perspective, we are really proud to be part of the alliance. Um, I think this is an, an incredibly important initiative, and um, we have been fully vetted in that regard. Great. So in terms of the ethical recruitment practices, we uh, uh, a um, hiring manager can rest assured that you're going about this in the most ethical way possible. So right. let's talk about the National Rural Hospital Association, the NRHA. We know that nursing shortages can happen anywhere, urban, suburban, rural. But we we do know, and I live in New Mexico, which is one of the most rural states in the country. And we have, I think, the third least number of people per, per square mile in the United States. And so rural health is an issue and access to healthcare is an issue. And also recruiting qualified professionals to rural areas can be quite a challenge because everybody wants to live in the Bay Area or New York or, or, or Nashville or Atlanta, and not everyone can work and live in those population centers. We need people everywhere. So tell us a little bit about the NRHA and your partnership with them. So the NRHA is a very important organization in the U.S. in healthcare. They oversee all of the rural hospitals. As many people know, I think it's 120 rural hospitals have been closed since 2010. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And the number this year Mm -hmm. is staggering. Mm -hmm. So this is a very serious problem and a very big worry because, as you've said, there are a lot of hospitals that are experiencing a nursing shortage, and this has been exacerbated by Mm COVID-19. But in the rural areas, this is, you know, this is really, really worrisome. And and not just the rural areas, um, Keith, it's also a lot of the skilled nursing long-term care facilities as well um, are, are really more vulnerable from a nursing shortage perspective, because if you kind of think of it as a pie of nurses that are available, the pool is shrinking because it's a supply and demand area. And the two most vulnerable areas are the national rural, or the rural hospitals, as well as the, um, you know, the senior 
community, long-term care, skilled nursing facilities. Mm. And a lot of new grads don't want to go into those those sectors. So in terms of the National Rural Health, we are the only organization that do international recruitment that are partners with the National Rural Health. I was actually personally, just to share, born in a rural area. So that is really very dear to my heart. And I felt really strongly about how serious and worrisome that that, that the whole scenario is with nurses in the rural areas um, and the impact that that's going to have on on patient care. Um, So we have gone through a very full comprehensive vetting system with National Rural Health. As I said, we're the only uh, international company that are partners with them. Um, And we are very involved in helping a lot of the rural hospitals to make sure that they have sufficient staff to take care of their patient load. Well, thank you for assisting in that. I know rural health is a real, is a real concern for many of us. I have one um, particular friend who's a consultant down in Appalachia and she's looking at the, the, uh, the issues in that region of the United States where they, they really need a lot of help in terms of staffing and making sure people have access to care. So thanks for, thanks for being a leader in that particular area of recruitment. Appreciate that very much. And so if someone wants to get in touch with you, I know Kinetics USA, it's C-O-N-N-E-T-I-C-S, just like it sounds, kineticsusa.com. You're on Facebook at Kinetics Nursing. USA. And then you're on Instagram at Kinetics. So those are three of the best places for them to reach you. And they can email you directly right at Tanya at KineticsUSA.com if they want to just reach out to you. Can they do that? Yes, absolutely. I would also encourage people to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, We have a very active YouTube channel where we uh, provide a lot of updates in terms of the industry because things are very fast changing these days and provide a lot of guidance, advice, updates. So there's a lot of input that people can gain from our Kinetics USA channel as well as our LinkedIn uh, Kinetics USA page. Great. We'll have a link to all of that in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 298. But I want to ask you a special favor, Tanya. You, you'll have to remind me or just send it to me. If you could send me a link to, you know, your your the one YouTube video you'd like someone to see if they go to my show notes for this episode. And I can embed that video right in the show notes so they can watch it right from nursekeith.com. Could you send me one of those? Absolutely. That yeah. would be great. So yeah, Tanya, you, you're doing some very important work and we, I've never really discussed international nursing and international nursing recruitment on the show. So, you know, there's a lot of leaders out there who might be confused about this particular issue. They might not quite understand it. And They might be afraid of it because they're not sure how to talk to their staff about the fact they're bringing international nurses. So you've elucidated a lot of these important facts about how to discuss why we're doing this, that it's really to support the staff. It's not to displace them, that they, the hiring recruit, the the managers and the CNOs can rest assured that your organization has been vetted and certified and that 
international nurses coming over have to pass an English exam. They have to pass the NCLEX if they haven't taken it in their home country. And they have to be have been taught in English so that they are up to date and that they can communicate with their colleagues and their patients and their patients' families in a way that is that um, that is um, supportive of the care that they're providing. So I want to thank you for doing this work and especially for doing it during this incredible ongoing pandemic that I think is going to be with us well into 2021, obviously. So you're busier than ever. And I think that's a sign that what you're doing is is a positive thing for the United States healthcare system. So thanks for doing this and thanks for being here and really opening our eyes to what international recruitment of, of nurses to the United States is really all about. You're welcome, Keith. Thank you for the opportunity. And I just want to thank all the healthcare workers all over the world for the work that they do. And hopefully together we can help each other. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this very important episode of The Nurse Keith Show. And remember the show notes where you can learn more about Tanya Friedman and Kinetics USA and this entire subject of recruiting international nurses to the United States for very good purposes of supporting our healthcare system and our healthcare workers will be at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 298. I hope you feel uplifted and informed and empowered from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action in the interest of your personal professional growth and happiness every day. And remember to reach out to me if you need holistic career coaching, mention the show and you get 10% off your first coaching package. Head over to the Nurse Keith Nation at nursekeith.com to find resources like jobs from ZipRecruiter and Trusted Health and Incredible Health awesome resume templates from my friend Amanda at the Resume Rx and much more. The Nurse Keith Show is a member of Ars Longa Media, a collaborative network of podcasts, media entities, and others whose aim is to add a humanistic touch to professional education, educate the public from a scientifically informed perspective, and improve lives by partnering to address social ills. We're at Ars Longa Media, that is A-R-S-L-O-N-G-A dot media. And the Nurse Keith Show is also a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, along with the New England Journal of Medicine podcast, the Journal of the American Medical Association podcast, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and many others. It's the largest and fastest growing collection of authoritative, high quality podcasts, taking on the tough topics in health and care with empathy, expertise, and excellence. The Nurse Keith Show is excellently and adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. Mark Cappy Spiesen is our awesome stalwart social media ringmaster. Hats off to Rob and Mark for keeping the wheels turning in the right direction. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico, and my friend, Tanya Friedman, bidding you adieu from San beautiful San Diego. Beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thanks for listening. And we will catch everyone on the flip side.